Hello and welcome to Behind the Scenes. They call me Stepney. I'm finally getting that bit right. So I'm always very proud of myself for doing that. Um, Stephen is my real name, but they call me Stepney. It's a name that has stuck with me for a long time. I'm joined today by Martin Spenlove. Martin, how are you this evening? I'm doing good, thank you. Yeah, really good to see you. Thanks for having me over. Thanks for joining us. I mean, um, I obviously know you a little bit, but I don't really know you. So yeah, this is why I hope this is why I'm here to find out a bit more about Martin. And um, I'm going to start with the, which is probably it's probably been my opener now for a little bit. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, yes, I'm Martin. I've um, I've always been a performer, and um, and I believe in being rebellious in that. Um, I'm very much somebody who who spends a lot of time working on himself talking about myself in the third person i work on myself <laughs> as in i work on um i work on my ability to be able to talk my way around difficult situations to to overcome and progress that's that's what i mean by being being rebellious uh, if you were to look at a definition of being rebellious or rebellion itself you would find something in along the lines of um going against convention um not being held back by anything standing up and and having your say about something and that's what i believe and and what i mean in that is when that little voice comes into your head and says hey you probably can't do that you should probably stop and quit i say hell no no i'm gonna do it anyway so that's that's me i live in kettering northamptonshire um i've been acting professionally for about a year it's not very long at all but i've been a performer i know i've been a performer since i was a kid long long time um so lots of things to talk about this evening so that's a little slice and i hope that's enough to get you started it is it is um i obviously met you uh on set yeah and um it, it's it's right what you say is um yeah you do have that rebellious nature to to push yourself and, and 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 push yourself to limits and you can just switch it on um it's 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 great to watch um you know from the camera going cut to you just being martin and then to <laughs> getting straight back into it as soon as it's action <laughs> it's exactly exactly that does take a certain amount of rebellion but but a lot of prep as well and, and ensuring that you know who you are from exactly those points when a clapperboard goes down and you're in that character, letting that have that character inhabit your body and your mind and your speech and everything at those points um, to the point where director says cut and you kind of shake it off and you go, Ooh, how was that? And you kind of come back again. It's, it's quite interesting. You've got to know where that line is. I think that's really important. I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah. Well, it's the little things, you know, sometimes it it's just uh, watch what people do to, to, to actually get a feel for who they are. Um, yeah. It's been, you say so. It's only been a year, it has. really, that you've been you've been acting. Um, but obviously, you said you've been performing 
since since forever. Um, oh, since the old days, boy. Since, since the old days. days. Yeah, yeah. When email when email was carrier pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> that's right how did you you received my carrier pigeon message about this then i did yeah, um, it, yeah okay obviously obviously back in our day the internet was in black and white so uh <laughs> yeah it was yeah oh my family couldn't even afford it <laughs> <laughs> um could you explain to to me and to everybody listening what it is exactly you do so you say you're an actor now um, but you've always been performing. Yeah. What is it you do? What is it I do? I use I use my tools to tell stories. Um, my tools being uh, my ability to translate a text into something physical, um, to be able to, um, I suppose, to, like I said before, allow a character to inhabit my body to to let that person and let, let another person utilize my physicality my voice um uh, in order to tell a particular story from whatever perspective that might be and i said i've been doing it for a long time man uh, i remember wanting to do it ever since infant school just being a, a little kid being told by his headmistress that he was going to be a soldier in the school play in the nativity play like um like a christmas soldier kind of thing with a tall hat on and white shirt and this like red trousers and sort of stuff and i can still remember it today it's such a vivid memory and i remember hearing those words you're going to be a soldier and i didn't hear you're going to be a soldier i heard you are a soldier and it just as soon as i stepped on that stage like you said the clapperboard if it was there it would have gone down i would have been straight up like a soldier so i had the passion and some a, a switch flicked even at that young age to tell me that i should have been doing it and uh, from that point onwards i just wanted to get involved in anything i could uh, through to teenage years and then i kind of lost my way with it a little bit performed in two bands surprisingly quite heavy progressive metal bands <laughs> not, like, not like that heavy I okay. can so it was more melodic um but yeah a couple of bands i um i had the pleasure of fronting and uh, then coming back around full circle just doing amateur amateur musical theater for a few years when i was in my 20s coming into my 30s um and then finally admitting to myself well go on then i might as well give it a crack and and actually finding the confidence and um and the the right learning to be able to to do this job and it's been amazing so for this year yeah but for a year acting pursuing professional acting but all my life looking for opportunities to perform and what would you say one of the main differences between um I suppose fronting a band to doing acting because they're two, the two, there's two performances. Yeah. But two different performances. Yeah. Yeah. One of them involves this. <laughs> Can you guess what it is? <laughs> and. Mm, yeah. Um, th there are differences, but it's, it's, it, actually, it's a really good question because there's subtle nuances in between the two, but they're actually really similar. So being a, going up on stage, you still become a character, even though I carry my own name and so I don't have to change my look at all. I very much um, went with the flow of, of the music. And it was a case of 
before I went on stage, I remember being so nervous every time I, every time I was going to be stepping up on stage. But as soon as I'm up there, boom, it's in. And you you grab the mic, you hear the opening lick, or you hear the drums kick in, or you you see the crowds waiting with expectation in front of you. That's the thing about being on stage, that instant feedback. And you just lock it in. And and it, it was such a buzz. Every show that we played was was a real a real buzz. Um, especially with the rock scene, if you get a mosh pit going, that's a great feeling, you know, it's great. Feeling. So um, yeah, there's, there's that side of it. It's still in a way playing a character because you, you switch it on as soon as you get up on the stage, when you come off, it's, it's like, that's it. You kind of reset and go back to normal and you feel that buzz. Not dissimilar to going up on stage to act. So musical theater, for example, when that curtain goes up, boom, character's already there. You waiting in the wings as that character to run out on stage. The curtain goes down at the end after you've done your curtain calls and your bounce. As soon as that curtain hits the floor, you're out of character. Oh, well done. That was great. Everybody kind of hugging each other behind the curtains. The character changes. Indeed. Um, and then in film. In film, um, the only real difference there is that you're not getting that immediate feedback. Your audience is through a lens and you're not going to see that probably ever unless you're sitting watching it with somebody. Um so I'm still waiting for that feeling to come through because most of my work is still incomplete. So yeah, waiting impatiently now. I just want to see some stuff. So yeah, subtly different, I think, in terms of what you get from being in a rock band. So you still become a character just like you would in a musical theatre uh, production or if you were making a film. One of the things you touched on there was um, that feeling of anxiety of before you're about to perform and then just switching on yeah. and um it's something that's come up a lot in these in these in these talks and it's something that i've always said it's 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 a it's probably the best feeling to have is if you if you didn't get up there and, and have that sort of feeling um you're probably not enjoying what you're doing as much i i feel i feel you know it's it's easy to get up there and just do your job but when, when you have that feeling it, it it does help it helps with the adrenaline it helps to either you know, get you pumped up for a, a certain scene. It helps to um, know that you're going through it and then just to calm yourself down. And it's like I said, it's something that's come up a lot. And it's one yeah. of those things that I don't think um, anybody should ever lose. It's, it's, it's the thing that makes us smile inside. Um, that's right. When we look at the differences, um, as you've talked about, three different differences there from musical theatre to film to a rock band what would you say the main differences are oh the main differences um well from film to the other two i've already mentioned it's it's the feedback element um that's that's one from musical theatre to being in a rock band in a rock band you have to interact with the crowd You've got to you've got to do something with them to to make them feel involved and to to kind of bring them on. That's the, that's a way to gather your fans. Like um, one of the smallest things was before we'd even started playing, just high fiving some people in the front, say hey, how you doing? And then when we start playing, they're a bit more involved and they enjoy the music. It's it's a subtle difference. I mean, of course, you've got to be fairly decent at what you do. <laughs> you can't high five everybody and say hey, this is going to be amazing and then be crap. <laughs> Um, so there's that. But with with musical theatre, you've got to maintain that that fourth wall. So you can't have that interaction with the with the audience. And um, and I've, I've got a story. Um, I was performing in uh, The Wizard of Oz. 
And it was the opening scene where it's all in sepia tone and we're all wearing brown and the lights are kind of creating this, this brownness on the stage. And um, Dorothy's not coming home. So Aunt M's out. She's going, Dorothy, Dorothy. Somebody at the back of the auditorium is going, Dorothy, Dorothy. And we're out on the stage looking for Dorothy. And I'm, I'm having to contain my laughter because I'm hearing this little voice in the back shouting it, shouting Dorothy back to us. And I'm thinking that's hilarious, but I had to completely cancel that out because it would have completely shattered the illusion. So I think they're the main differences, really. So with a rock band, you've got to interact with the audience to get them in and get them fired up and feeling something. Musical theatre, you've got to keep the fourth wall up. And with movies, you're not getting any feedback whatsoever. You're just in with the with the director and the camera. I suppose one of the uh, one of the other ones is um, uh, again just because I know it's come up and um, with film, I guess it's just learning particular parts for that particular scene, isn't it? So it's uh, yeah. yeah, that is a good point. How, how, how do you find that? Because the, the others, the others, you have to know everything. So when you're, <laughs> you have to know all your songs. I mean, obviously, it'd be bad if you yeah. didn't. Um, when, when you do it up on. <laughs> theatre, you do, um, whether it's musical theatre or just theatre in general, um, you have to learn your whole lines for every single scene and, you know, the show must go on if you do forget a line or, you know, miss, miss a beat or something. But TV and film, how, how, how do you find that? How, how do you, you, you find that adjustment? Oh, the transition was a strange one, you know. I, I started training in, um, in acting properly in 2020. So we just got through the first lockdown or two and it was August and um, and I went for my first acting for camera workshop and we all had to keep a distance. We were allowed out, but we had to keep a distance to put masks on and, and we couldn't really interact with each other. So it's a very difficult situation. And, and one thing that I found was that because I was theatre trained and theatre experienced, I'm stepping in front of the camera and I'm going, who was that that you wanted to come over here with us? That, you know, <laughs> I was being theatrical in front of the camera. And my, my teacher's like, he's bring it down a bit, bring it down a bit. You know, the camera's there. You've, the microphone's going to pick up your voice. You don't need to be so big with it. So that was one of the main things. I had to adjust my performance <laughs> to make sure that I wasn't being too big and projecting my voice because that's what I was used to doing all the time. So I've had to learn um, not only how to perform something that isn't in a chronological timeline, in terms of the story's not going to make any sense if you watched it in the way that we performed it in front of a camera. So I've gone from that to to that <laughs> to that extreme, but also it's bringing that performance down. It's different on and any actor who who talks about this stuff will say it's different when you're on stage. It's going to be different for television, although I've not had that opportunity yet. And again, the performance is going to be slightly different for film. It, it's, it almost gets smaller and smaller and smaller as you go down those different levels in terms of performance. Um, Michael Caine talks about it fantastically. He he did a workshop. I think it was in the nineteen eighties, and he's he's the camera's very tight on his face, and he shows what it looks like. I'm going to look between these two screens here. He shows what it looks like if I'm looking between two eyes, and how much my eyes move. Now imagine that's right up close to my face, and he demonstrates it. Imagine I'm fifty on a fifty foot screen. My eyes are going to be moving a mile. Right. So you've got to bring that performance right down keep your eyes still and just subtle things, just uh, micro expressions. Whereas on stage, it's yes, I'm 
I'm exploring my movements and I'm delivering that to you at the back of the auditorium so you can hear me. Yeah, so cool differences, but it does take a little while to get used to. And what do you, what do you find? Um, what do you find most most challenging? What's been your most challenging experience while you've been on this journey? It's always a good one. It's a, yeah, it's it's a really good one. Um, it's all been challenging in the right way for me. And I think I, I couldn't call myself rebellious if I couldn't look at those challenges and say, right, how do I overcome those things? And, and how do I improve and get better? Well, I seek out the challenges, first of all. So one of the roles that I took on was a short film and it was um, an after graduation piece that a group of students up in Stoke, um, they approached me for on, on, link, on uh, Instagram. Um, and they said, you want to have a read of this and see if you're interested? And I said, yeah, okay, I'll check it out. And read the script and I thought, wow, that's quite compelling. That seems challenging. And the story is a therapist has experienced the loss of his wife. She's died, but he still goes into work and he's still providing therapy services for other people, even though he's still trying to work through his grief and he's, he's not being, he's not been able to overcome that grief yet. So the challenge for me around that was how do I access grief in a way that doesn't put me at risk of, of suffering mentally for taking on this part? How do I portray that grief in a way that is believable on screen where I'm not pretending to cry? You know, we can all go <laughs> pretend that we're feeling something. So that was, that was a very challenging piece for me. It was how to, how to do a whole short film as an aggrieved widower who is also still turning up at work and trying to help other people work through their grief uh, in a believable way. So it's, yeah, I found that I found that really challenging, but I sought that out and I took on I took that on because I wanted to flex those muscles and try. It's 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 great that you talk about that because you talked about the the mental side the of not taking on that burden yourself. Yeah. And um I think it's one of the things that people don't actually realize. Um you, you can't just act grief and go, boo-hoo-hoo, I'm crying, as you as you rightly said. Um that was powerful acting right there. Thank you, Oscar. <laughs> um, yeah, you do. You do. You take. I think a lot of people don't realise that you take on the role, and um, you know. You, I think we've seen it more recently with a few of the um, uh, with a few of the performances that have been out of people going. You know what? For the past year, I've been living as this person, and mm. Mm. Um, it, it takes over you. It consumes you, and. Yeah, and then trying to get out of that character becomes difficult. And there's the, as, as, as you said, there's the mental side of of getting yourself out of it, and then just getting back to to being Martin, to getting back to being who you actually are. And yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of people talk about that, and when it is talked about, it's it's not explored enough, if you know what I mean. It's it's, it's sort of just they bring it up, and then it's okay, yeah, and that's it. Um, yeah. how, how how do you find that? Because th that that's obviously a particular a, something quite particular and something that um, uh, a lot a lot of people can unfortunately relate to. Um, you know, a, a grieving widower, and it's it's to to somebody that's been through that experience. It's obviously not not a great feeling, and for somebody that's trying to portray that, it's um, you, you want to do it responsibly. And to and and to and and to also give your performance. How how do you how do you how do you do that? 
Yeah. I couldn't access my own grief. It was it was too much. Um, it's quite a long time ago. Um, I experienced a lot of death in the family. Um, my mum died when I was 25 um, and I didn't know how to process that. I had no idea what to do with, with the feelings that I had. And it was a strained relationship since being a kid anyway. Growing up, um, my mum wasn't around much. So it's very difficult to understand how I should feel when she died at the age, when I was 25. She was 45 years old when she died. And for a long time, I suffered depression, anxiety. I was lost for quite a long time. Didn't really know who I was during those years. And it was only when I started to, to understand how to reach out and have good conversations with people and actually get therapy in order to to know what do I do with these emotions? Can somebody explain them to me and, and help me to to figure out how, how to process these really complex emotions that I have and give me tools to enable me to be able to deal with, with these things in the future? That's only when I started to understand what grief really is. And um, a lot of the time, it's I believe it's when you experience something that your brain can't quite comprehend and you can't make it, you, you can't use rationale. You can't logically explain something that you've never experienced because grief is something that you feel. How do you, how do you put that into, into words that you understand other than explaining the feelings that you have? So if I was to bring all that into a performance, just imagine how messed up I'd be coming out of that. If I was to go, right, I'm going to imagine this is my mum dying. I'm, I can visualize her on her deathbed like, like I did when I was 25 years old. I'm going to take myself back to that place. No way. No way. So you've got to be able to do it safely. And this is this is one of the things I'm still learning about. And, and I'm still training. I'm in, I'm in my third year with the Acting Academy. My teacher had a one-to-one -one with me before that. Um, Mark Pegg is fantastic. And, and he gave me some tools and techniques. One of the things that really worked for me is psychophysicality. And psychophysicality for... Many people watching this, you may know, but there might be quite a lot of people that don't know about psychophysicality. It's when you start the the physical response to something like crying or do you start physically feeling aggrieved? Um, there's a really good TED talk by a lady called Amy Cuddy about the power of body language. And she talks about how if you strike a power pose, look at that. All of a sudden, my, my facial expression, my body language has changed. If I put my hands on my hips put my chin up. I feel powerful and I feel like I could take on the world and I could maybe do a great performance that day. If I, if I make myself small and hang my head down, I actually suddenly start to feel quite depressed. And if I let that continue and allow, allow myself to be quiet and in that moment and imagine what it's like to, to have lost a, a wife I start to feel my heart change. My breathing starts to change. And when I go with that and I allow my breathing to, to do what it naturally needs to do and, and start to really just let it go and, and feel myself in that moment, I, I can feel myself start to, to well up. I feel a lump in my throat coming. So your body influences your mind and vice versa. And it's actually quite a safe way to practice. Um, although I did have to do quite a long crying scene. And after it, I did need to take some time out to myself to, to come out of that situation. And I needed to be honest with people. 
and I needed to say, just give me give me some space. I'll be right back with you. Um, thanks for the support and everything. And you know, you you do feel it, and it because you trigger those things. You you do need to take a little bit of time to come away. But like I said to you, if I allowed my own personal grief from the past to come back in, I think that would be a longer process and it actually could do me some some quite nasty mental damage. It's it, Like I said, it's um, it's the things that we don't know. And it's yeah. the it, it's true the way you des- the, the way you described it. Um, yeah. If you're on if you're out and about, you go, yeah, I feel great. Um, your voice changes your posture yeah. changes um you don't look down you look up you don't look across you look up you know if you go yeah i feel i feel quite I feel quite rubbish today um yeah you slouch you slump you 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 yeah you're, everything changes um yeah that's that's that, that's very interesting and it's something that um I suppose unless you're unless you're in the industry and, and you use those methods um you're not really gonna gonna have that experience from it um yeah but I, it's I, also prep as well so i've got to say it's also it's also preparation and an understanding the intention of of the person in that moment because you can't play emotion it's it's an exercise that we do in the acting class mark goes around us and he says right but laugh be happy be sad cry and when he drops that on you everybody inevitably goes hee 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 you know it's pretending so you can't play those emotions because on screen on stage unless it's a pantomime of course if you're doing some serious drama none of that's going to be believable if you're playing that emotion so you've got to do the preparation on your script and break down to every bit of your character as much as you can go as deep as you can to understand why they're in that situation so even if it's not written where was he at the time his wife died it wasn't written in the script how did she die did he find her did he get a phone call when it was at work so you have to give you have to give all this backstory to to put yourself into the situation of of that person you know and then allow that that character that you've essentially finished creating because the writer creates the character you finish you you, you build that character in a way that you want to portray it uh them should i say <laughs> and uh and if you've done that preparation i i think the other the, the other components start to come in it's like it's like a it's like lego blocks you you piece it together brick by brick and you end up with something that hopefully on camera looks believable and and triggers some kind of emotion for the viewer it, it, again it usually does because that's why we that's why we that's why we as uh, viewers we go to the theatre. That's why we go to concerts. That's why we go to watch a film. Um, we go to watch uh, a film like Forrest Gump, for example. Yeah. And you you go through quite an emotional roller coaster with Tom Hanks as he's going through um, being bullied, yeah. um, joining the army, having a best friend, having a best friend die, um, having a girlfriend, having a child, and then having becoming a widower uh, you know single father going on a run um meeting presidents doing whatever and you go you do you throughout the whole journey you're like that yeah and you're, going, you're, you're going like that and it's what makes a great film because he's he's as you said he's built those blocks to go right 
this is where I am at this stage. And you do, you follow it, you pick up on it and you go, yes, this is where he is at this stage. And then you go, and I'm rooting for you. And you go, oh, you just, they've knocked him down again. He, he's been knocked down again. Exactly. And then you've got the added layer for Tom Hanks to, to know that this character is on the autism spectrum as well. Yeah. So it has complex, uh, complex neurodiversity as well that, that he's somehow got to build into this character. Amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, how it's, challenging it's... that was for him. <laughs> what, what sort of, what sort of, uh, what sort of skills have you gained on this journey? So, you know, has it made you, um, have, I don't know, has, what sort of skills <laughs> have you picked up? I, 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 I don't want to give any sort of answers that might prompt you, but has it, has it made no, go you? For it. It's your it's your show. You do it. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, okay. So skills skills gained. Yeah, um, I've definitely improved in performance. Um, it, so let's let's break that down a little bit. In terms of line learning, massive improvement. Um, I was able to learn quite a, a long monologue. It's it's the opening monologue from the. Uh, oh, what's it from? 39 steps and um it's it's a really cool monologue i went into i went to see a, a local performance of the show and i thought wow that monologue's cool i'm gonna go and learn it and i learned it in 45 minutes and i never thought i would be able to pick up a long monologue that quickly um so that's definitely a really great skill that i've been able to pick up the ability to break down a text to understand the meaning and to to i suppose what i use is um I dissect the meaning from each of the lines so that I can vaguely recite it back within a couple of minutes. And then when I've got that vague recital down, I can start to, to get it dead letter perfect or DLP. And I can ensure that every word that I say is, is actually a part of the text. So that's a great skill that I've learned. Um, yeah. What else have I learned? Have you learned yeah, that? Many. Sorry, um, you were going to say. No, I was going to say, have you learned that, um, that you're, maybe not going to start a cooking career? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I've, learned, I've learned that I should have done this a long time ago because it's definitely something that is, has been with me for a long time. And it's, and it's actually been something that uh, it's, you know, when something just reoccurs, you, you, you get the, the universe is telling you to do something. You go, no, nah, no, nah. no, I could never do that. I could never achieve that. But what if this and what if that? And I finally just said, Stop making excuses because they're shit. Just do it. And that was kind of it. Yeah. So there's another skill. I became more rebellious. More rebellious. Yeah. And um, taking an initiative to actually just go and do it, as you said, you know, why not? Exactly. And, um, and if it was that easy, I'd have done it years ago. So I think there were more factors in there. But uh, yeah, essentially, you're making shit excuses. So start putting in the work. And I think that's I think that's what the trouble is for a lot of people is um, we want to do something we have the idea to do something and we we feel that we can do it and um, and as you say we make excuses to not do it and we put it off and then we don't do it yeah. and then you sort of go well maybe I should have done that and um, but as you've done you've taken that step you've taken that leap it's one small step for Martin um, and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it's, <laughs> it's 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 a it's a great experience and a great a great little um 
a great little thing to do and something that's good to learn. I'm going to ask you about um, this because I think this is. Uh oh. I've gone with this one first because um, yeah. that's good pointing, by the way. I mean, if if I ever wanted somebody to point at something for me, I'm going to hire you. Know you. What that is. you. You know what that is, don't you? That's is it? powerful. That's powerful acting. It is. Like I said, I, I, my my pointing's a bit. Uh, it's not as good. It's, it's just not. It's, it, I will teach you. I'll be like your kung fu master <laughs> for pointing. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is a nice picture. What do you want to know? What was this? Can you talk about it? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I I can a little bit. Yeah. So this is from an upcoming feature that I did in August. It's the first feature film that that I ever did. Uh, I've done two now, and I was very lucky in my first year to bag two, and they were back to back, which is apparently unheard of. Um, I just kind of go with the flow of things, and I, and I work to achieve them. Uh, it's a family adventure film um, with with fantasy elements to it. So essentially, you've you've got a family who um, they've suffered the loss of a daughter. They've they're quite broken family, and they're trying to piece their lives back together. And they know they need a change. An opportunity comes to move to a farmhouse out in the country that belongs to the mother's um, great aunt. And they decide to take her up on the offer. They move to this farmhouse. And in the woods that are nearby the farm, the little girl in the family, you can just see her played by um, Kitty Sudbury. She's a fantastic young actress. And she finds some fairies in the woods. But what she doesn't know is that the fairies want to sacrifice her and her mother. It takes a dark turn. Yeah, it's going to say. <laughs> it's a cool story. Yeah, it's um, we're it's in post production now, so uh, we're looking forward to seeing this one come out. You know what one I'm going to go to next? Yeah, who's that? Who's this lot? Do you know these people? <laughs> I, you know what? They seem oddly familiar. They seem yeah. oddly familiar. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that is that you there as well. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. me. It's not glasses. You're a different person, Clark Kent. I know, I know, and to, and I had to shave for this one as well. Yeah, this is um, <laughs> well, and to, and look at the, the the quality work of the makeup artist as well. I was going to comment on that. Great work. <laughs> if you know, you know. If um, you know, you know. So this is this is from the mystery of Mister E. Um, this is the second feature film that I talked about that I was lucky enough to bag, and and I've got many great stories about this this was a real challenge actually this was a challenge if i can go back to this um so this is as you know um for anybody watching this this is uh, a feature film coming out um hopefully later this year um it's still in production and it's a murder mystery musical so i did a bit of singing on this um but again stephen powerful acting and <laughs> we <laughs> Yeah, so we spent we spent a couple of weeks up up in uh, West Yorkshire shooting this in August, um, and the twins that you see here they are they're called to Idlewild House by my character to solve a particular problem. But the, the thing is, they don't actually know what the problem is. What they do know is that a man turned up at their office right at the start of the film, and he said to them, "I'm the murderer." But has there been a murder committed? Well, we just have to watch. Hmm. Three yeah. weeks in three weeks in Yorkshire, was it? Uh, it's a couple of weeks. Yeah, we had a nice time. It was um it was nice and warm. 
we've treated I, um, well. I wasn't there, but yeah, I've heard good stories. <laughs> it was it was good. Yeah, it was very good. Is this just is this just you in a restaurant? Is, is this yeah, just hanging out. Yeah, it's, it's what I do. I just pretend. I just walk into restaurants and say, "Can you clear this place out, please? I'm an actor." <laughs> One shoo shoo. Film me. No, this is this is a this is a short film that I did. It was um, it's uh, Lee's Beckett University. It was a final university project. One of the first short films I did. It's called Call It Broth, and it's about uh, restaurant manager who I played called Michael. And he's obsessed with getting his failing restaurant to continue going, even though he's he's basically flogging a dead horse. And that's his chef on the right-hand side, played by Lisa Raimondi, fantastic actress based up north. And um, she's the chef, and he's a bully. He's not very nice to her. Um, and it's it's about how their friendship has been ruined by this this failing restaurant business and how they try to salvage some kind of friendship out of the ashes. It's a really nice little film. And if I go to this one, mm. uh, it, it's just an average Saturday or something. Uh, is this... I was going to say, yeah, you've read my mind. That's just what I do at weekends. <laughs> yeah, this is from um, this is from The Honourable Wife. Uh, again, one of the first short films I did last year. Um, cold March, April time, I think it was. Luckily, I had the best costume on set. I mean, look at that. That's all my cape, that is. That's, that's, that's just brilliant. mine. I had a quality hat. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, hopefully, people will get to see this soon. It's, it, I think it's going to be doing the, festi the festival rounds. Um, it's a film by Luke Main, who's a really talented young director. He's finished university now at um, Oxford, Oxford Brooks. And... It's a it's a film about a man in the sixteenth uh, in the sixteen hundreds who has been put on trial for witchcraft. And at the beginning of the film, you see me, the Justice of Peace, Abraham Good, who has arrested him and brought him in front of the magistrate to be tried. It's a wonderful little story. Yeah? It's a it's about seventeen minute film, and and it's very very well done. Proud of that. <laughs> We'll have to look out for these uh, films. I'm definitely going to look out for the uh, mystery of Mr. E because I've heard fantastic things about it. Apparently, apparently someone makes a cameo. Can you believe that? I've heard that somebody makes a cameo and he steals the show. <laughs> yeah, your son was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I won't ever tell him that, but yeah, he's. Uh... <laughs> oh, you were great too, and it was it was it was so nice to meet you and and the kids down there as well. That was it was so much fun. They, they they absolutely loved it. Um, he 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 enjoyed it. I think yeah. um, I think he just enjoyed being in and around set, and and she enjoyed the experience because that's what she likes doing. And yeah. uh, as I've been telling her, you know, as what you've been saying about getting into character and fixing your posture. I remember her doing a self tape for something, and we we must did it about fifty times. I'm not going to lie to you. And then I just went to her. I don't believe you. And she went, what do you mean? I went, you're you're sort of just reading it, but you're not believing it. And as I said, yeah. stand up straight. And I, in the end, I think I had the ring light. So I had to raise the camera a bit higher than her. So she actually fixed her posture a bit more, spoke up and and then, then gave the performance that, you know, was deserved of that particular thing. And she was like, okay. I was like, that was it. I was, I was like, what? that's all I ever wanted. And she was like, 
oh, okay, I get it now. It's sinking in. Um, <laughs> the, the practice and sometimes just disrupting, just a, a little note, just something to change your way, change the way that you're thinking about something. It, if it's a, an intrinsic thing, if a little seed goes in, it can influence what comes out. It's, yeah. it's, it's such an amazing art. I, I do love it. It's, it's uh, again, it's, uh, as I say to everybody, um, being creative is something that we're probably, uh, I can't even speak, is probably something that we're all, we, we all do without knowing. Um, and it's, whether you've got a passion for doing that because we've all been to you know when you meet up with friends you go to a restaurant and you're, you're all talking about different things and you know you're going oh yeah and Dave was saying this and Keith was saying that and Martin said this and you won't believe what happened and um so you you, you do you get into various small little characters without you even thinking about it um and everybody performs in and in, in some sort of ways so yeah it's 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 yeah it's quite funny it's quite funny um we're all actors yeah just in different in different situations <clears throat> in life you you portray somebody in in a different way you're always yourself but there's always a different version of yourself a different persona comes out you've got a work persona you've got your family persona you've got your mates persona all those different things we're all actors the thing is not everybody can perform as an actor because a lot of people get into the thinking of it you know Oh, who's going to be watching me? I become self-conscious. What's that feeling about? I've got sweaty palms now. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. You've got to feel it. And you, that comes from, again from the preparation to take away the thinking elements. If you do all the thinking on the text and get your notes down, um, pull apart, dissect, and think about the story. What are the needs and wants of the character in this scene? Overall, you get away from the thinking when the camera rolls. So you just feel it. I, I don't know what I'm going to see when when these films come out. <laughs> I think it was, because I was feeling it. I think it was American Dream. I could be mm -hmm. wrong, but it was. Yeah, I think yeah. the line. I think the line was something along the lines of, "You project a, a, a successful digital image of yourself um, mm -hmm. when when in front of like your friends and uh, and and that your not your friends so much, but more more of your like working colleagues. So you project a successful digital image of yourself and that in its in itself is acting i guess yeah um, and you and we don't have to think about that no we just, just feel that we slip into gear and there we go no some nights we're not feeling it no that's okay no. it is what that's it is okay. yeah <laughs> who would you say your biggest inspiration is doesn't, I, I, put, I put here in your field of work. I mean, you don't have to say me, but you know, it's all right. I'm, I know it is. And um, but apart from me, who's your biggest inspiration? And I, although I put in your field of work, um, yep. as it turned out, when I was speaking to somebody um, a little while ago, they said um, it was uh, a family member. Yep. And I said, and they explained the reasons why. And I just went, yeah, you know what? It, it, it could literally be anybody. Who's, who's your biggest inspiration? Biggest inspiration. Doesn't have to be me. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by a lot of people. Um, That's what everybody says. The thing is, he's, this guy's not in the field of work that I'm in, but he's very much in the public eye, and he's not he's not been in the public eye for a long time. He kind of burst onto the public onto the public scene, and um, it's David Goggins. And if you don't know who David Goggins is, uh, he wrote a book in 2018 called Can't Hurt Me. 
And this guy was faced with adversity through his life. Some of the worst stuff that you can imagine. Um, he was racially abused from a young age, living in a predominantly white area in the United States. Led him to led him down the wrong the wrong avenues, hanging out with the wrong people. Um, became overweight. Couldn't really see avenues for his life. His mum was beaten by his dad. He was beaten by his dad, and his brother was just a just a really tough upbringing. And he he carved a really successful life for himself through difficulty, through facing challenge, through being rebellious. If I'm going to put my words on it, but, but you know, I I cannot compare myself to David Goggins at all. I think I take some learning from him. And I'm inspired enough to do something different and make a change in my life. And that's that's what he does now. So um, he he joined the army. He In order to do that, he had to shed all of his weight in a very short amount of time, which he did. After being in the army, he was he went into the um, the Navy SEALs and he failed the, the BUDS training. I think it was two or three times. I can't remember how many. I've not listened to the book for a while. Um, so he went through all this difficulty, failed, 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 found success had difficulty, 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 still managed to find his way. Um, and now he's just, he's the pillar of being able to face difficulty. Uh, his mantra is stay hard because he talks about mental callousing. So how do you callous your mind? Is it by doing a load of push-ups in the morning? Is it by doing a disgusting leg workout? And knowing that you got to the end of it because, you know, you wanted to and you, you faced that challenge with grit. And uh, he's he's such an inspirational person that I don't think I've ever listened to anybody who has made me stand up and go, do you know what? I'm sick of making excuses. Actually, it was probably a chain reaction after listening to his book that led me to start exploring different skills and, and practices that made me on that day sit at this desk and say, why are you not an actor now? And for me to then go, I don't know. Well, they're shit excuses then. Get on and do it. See, that's so David, that's the, David Goggins, massive inspiration. David Goggins, I'll have to check it out. I mean, that's that's oh, a, awesome. That's a really good one because I think a lot of people, um, again, miss the sacrifices that people like yourself have to go through um, in order to prepare for a role. Um, something as simple as that guy had to shred uh, a lot of weight to to join the army. Um, yeah, yeah. Who, who does that? Uh, you know, lots of people just join the yeah, army right. and think about, <laughs> but you have to be physically fit to join the army and that takes yeah. a, a certain discipline in itself um mm. uh, it's i, I one, one of the ones that i always um refer to because I, I played a lot of sports when i was when i was younger um i don't look it but you know i i i could i could throw a basketball at least four yards or something like that it was i was i was really good nice. um but I, the one that I always refer to is um, Michael Jordan, um, oh, and awesome. he, he's one of mine. Like you know, we all have many different inspirations for many different reasons, and it, yeah. for me, it's that same sort of thing. Um, he was always. Uh, I used to have. I think I, I think I used to have the poster. I'm not, I'm not sure if I still got it anymore. I might might still have it at my mum's or something. Um, but it was always um, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Oh, it's one of my favourites. I love that. I love it, and. Yeah. When I was growing up and playing basketball as a youngster, um, because there, there was the last dance that came out on uh, Netflix uh, a couple of years ago um, about the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan and how they how they got to that, that that very last dance, that last season of them together. And I was saying to one of my friends, one of my colleagues that I work with, I said, um, 
I remember everything about this season because I was playing basketball at that time. And I said, yeah. what people I said, what people don't seem to realise, especially when people go to sports arenas like football or basketball or cricket or rugby, or whatever, and they go, oh, I could do better than that. My nan could do better than that. Um, unfortunately, you can't. <laughs> yeah, do it then. <laughs> um, it takes a lot of hard work to get to that to get to that oh, stage. It's the yeah. same, same with um, actors. People just think, oh, yeah, anybody can act. No, no. Not anybody could act because if anybody could act, they just pick off, they just pick Joe up from the street and just go, go on, do that film, and um, they and do you watch it. what happens to his face when you put the camera on him. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what, what do I say? What do I say? It's, yeah. it's 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 a totally different mindset, and that 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 man, that mantra of um, yeah, why am I making shit excuses for myself? I should just go out and do this. Um, yeah. Is that it, you're missing that you're missing that shot? If you don't take the shot. Absolutely. You've missed it. But if you take the shot and you miss it, at least you're taking the shot. Exactly. But there's, a, there's, there's, there's a percentage that is always higher that you will make the shot because you've taken mm. it. But yeah. the percentage is zero if you've never taken it. And, what and if the ball goes in? That's what you've got to ask yourself. Yeah. What if, that, what if I don't even hit the rim and it goes straight through? Then it happens, you know? It's, it's, it, I mean, it just happens. It um, might take me 100 shots to get that swoosh. But when it's in, it's going to feel pretty good. 7% of the time, every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's Sex Panther. That's a whole different conversation. Unless that's, did you wear that on a basketball court? <laughs> Keep away from you. It smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> oh, oh, we've got Anchor Man. <laughs> Ron Burgundy. Oh, God, I love him. Um, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with. Um, with one one final question, um, cool. and uh, it should be a nice, easy one for you. Um, who have you worked with that has really surprised you? So who have you worked with that has, whether it's in a good way or a bad way, who have you worked with that has really surprised you? That, you know, you, whether you turned up and you've gone, I was betting this person to be fantastic, and actually they're not, or you've turned up and expected this person to be um really rubbish and they've actually you actually just gone i'm actually i can actually sit and just watch you do what you do who surprised yeah. you yeah yeah okay yeah, okay, I'm, 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 yeah i've 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 got one person comes straight to mind for this um and you're probably going to have him on on this actually if, if you haven't already it's martin tot uh so Martin Todd directed me in The Mystery of Mr. E. Um, the reason he surprised me was because um, I didn't know what to expect, really. So it's a really interesting casting process at, at first. He he really put me through my, pace, my paces, which was a surprise. Um, you know, I talked about challenge and how I face challenge and and it's sink or swim i'm i'm really going to go for it and and overcome the challenge and if i fail i'm just going to get up and i'm going to try it again well i felt challenged from from the beginning <clears throat> so i don't know if you know this i went for the role of peter langigan which is uh, one of the main roles in the film not expecting anything put the, i saw the casting come up on one of the acting websites had a crack at it it's a michael jordan situation i took the shot not expecting the ball to go in and it did and he came That's back cool. to me and he said, I'd like you to read for, for Peter Landry. And it wasn't a swoosh. 
it bounced on the rim a couple of times. <laughs> Eventually dropped in. <coughs> he asked me to read for Peter. I didn't get it. He's like, okay, thanks for the opportunity. He goes, but you know what? I think I'll see you for another character. So I read for another character and he was happy with that. Um, but he also asked me if I could sing the song. So I did that. And um, he seemed to like what he saw. There was there was something there. I think he saw that there was potential for us to to get on. Because I like to be a friendly, outgoing, amiable character. And I think he liked that. Um, he asked me to read for Peter a second time with some direction. I took on that direction, got the part. And then he says to me, come to my house. I was like, eh? Where's this going? I don't know you. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> One of the things that you see on all all the actors' websites, like all actors' pages and stuff like that, it's never go to somebody's house if you don't know them. I was like, okay, I've got a good, I've got a good feeling from this guy. I've, you know, I've, I've looked at. He's done a lot of short films. He's got a, he's got a feature film behind him. Looks really good, really legit. So went to his house. We met, um, and on that day, he really challenged me. Uh, I, I hadn't learned the script. It was new to me. I'd read it and I'd started to break it down, understand the character to, to get into it. I thought I was there for a table read. Man, he gets the camera out. He says to me, put that script down. The twins are there, right? <laughs> and he says, we're going to walk this around the garden. And in my head, I'm going, I, I haven't learned any of these lines. He wants me to perform a scene while he's taking the camera around with these guys that have been working on this for a while. I was like, okay, okay. He goes, don't worry about it. Um, we've got somebody to read in the script for you. It was Paige. She can read for you. So if you drop a line, just get to read it in. I'll tell you, we went walking around the garden like a teddy bear maybe 10, 20 times. I don't know how many times it was, but within about 20 minutes, I'd got that scene down. <laughs> And, and we performed it. So he really surprised me in that way. I wasn't expecting him to be so, to have such a clear picture about what he wanted in his mind. Um, because what he did was the reason he recorded that footage, he created a visual storyboard out of the stuff that he got. And I was like, whoa, what a process. I didn't know this could be done. I've never seen this before. Um, so he took all these bits of footage, he cut it together. He, he sent me these rough cuts and he said, this is what the scenes are going to look like. So do your work based on what you've seen here. And these are for you to use. I was like, wow, this guy's, this guy's really good. Um, we got on like a house on fire. Um, and, and I just really think he's a, he's a really good director from an actor director relationship. I just think he's a really cool director. So if he watches this, don't get too big a head. <laughs> I've said it now, all right? It's out in the open. Doesn't matter. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> You're crying. <laughs> and the award goes to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, my wife's name out your damn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, Martin. Martin. Um, yeah, you know what? He's, as you said, how he sees things, how he sees things is just, it's, it's very, very interesting because you go, I didn't see it. I, I, I didn't see where you were going with that. <laughs> exactly. But he, he wants to get you into his world. Um, and I that's think that's right. he does that very part well. of his process. He wants to get you into his world. So you know what is expected of you. 
um, in terms of your performance? Because he says, okay, no, like I like that, but what I, what I kind of want is this, and he molds your blocks to 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 what he wants. Um, and yeah, it's it's fantastic. He's he's, he's an absolutely fantastic person. Um, he's paid me about seven pounds to say that, so I'm I'm seven pound richer. So you know, I couldn't seven I couldn't quid. Help You've been it. shortchanged. Well, you know, um, I've got thought, I've got a bag of money just here from Martin Top. Yeah, I know. We'll, you need to we'll, go back to that guy. We'll be having words. I want I want extra fifteen pence or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it's a <laughs> <laughs> But Martin. Thank you for your time. It's been a oh, pleasure talking to you. Um, I'd like to get you back at some point um, just to see how your year has been, um, see what has uh, changed, and hopefully we will see the uh, mystery of Mr. E. Um, and then I can tell you, you can you can tell me about the feedback you've had from that because um, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that film. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's... It, Again, everybody, everybody on set was was very comfortable with each other, and when that happens, um, you usually get a better film for it. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to that. But thank you very much. <clears throat> Got to clear my throat. I'm well enough. Um, I can't been... believe it's over. I know. See, you can't play emotion. It's just not believable. <laughs> There's a song in there somewhere. It's something my emotion. I can't sing. I can't sing. Can't really can't. Play emotion. See, it's oh. right in itself. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come away from this. We'll collaborate. Oh, yeah. All right, see you in the, see in the studio. <laughs> He's been Martin Spendlove. I've been, I can't, I can't, you know what? I always get that bit wrong. I've not been They Call Me Stepney. You can do it. You can do it. They Call Me Stepney. This is behind the scenes. Thank you. Take care till next time.